Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. I can get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll. And on with the show. Alright, welcome to part two of Short Bus Debate Club censorship or whatever the fuck we're calling this cocaine's a hell of a drug (laughs) that was darren i'm brian um no i'm that wasn't darren i'm rick james bitch sorry okay i'm done with the rick james so. so when we were finishing the first half you said you wanted to talk about what intelligence has done over the past 15, 20 years, something along those lines. Yeah. And how it ties into everything else that we talked about in the first half. Okay, so just to, as a quick point of transition, we, we were talking about all of that shit with regards to the corporate space doing the woke stuff. And we didn't really talk about the DeSantis stuff much, but... Uh, all of these southern states uh, banning books in the name of uh, having objectionable material, protect, protecting their kids, uh, both in terms of not allowing uh, right-wing Christian uh, people in the southern United States to allow their kids to be able to read books that have to do with uh, questioning their identity, questioning their sexuality, or being exposed to the horrors of the past as it relates to racism, right? And the argument that I was suggesting was that these, while these are important things that we need to talk about, uh, there's a bigger uh, there's a bigger picture where the real thing that's threatening um, our civil liberties uh, are the things that developed in the wake of 9/11, right? So the three in my head, the three spaces that I've been thinking about this are. Like I said, that Oscar Wilde uh, quote, give a man a mask and he will tell you the truth, right? So it's it starts with this idea that um, if people are protected, then they will they will blow the whistle on the evils that the, the state is doing. Um, and so like it starts with the Assange thing, right? WikiLeaks created a space where it was really clever. It was really fucking intelligent where... Uh, a whistle a whistleblower uh, submits a submission to the to the platform. The, the platform and the platform is grabbing so like say there's one submission it literally is grabbing a billion uh, pieces of material from all over the world at the same time and then through this pinhole that one thing squeaks and the people that are looking at it from the outside can't tell yeah it's just what the submission over. what the submission is right um so the assumption that Assange uh, made, and he says that at the, 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 the quote about Oscar Wilde at the beginning, where nobody knows what WikiLeaks is, it's just him and that, that guy that are doing all that shit um, at, the, at the very beginning. And uh, of course, nobody, nobody sees the gravity of it, but the, the argument that Assange is making is that if you create a space where uh, whistleblowers can submit this information, then whistleblowers will submit information from all over the place. Okay, so like the one thing that he he failed to uh, understand was that he's not a journalist. No, he is a journalist. I mean, that's but that's a different argument for a different day, right? 
he created a space for the stuff to come through. So he's the one that ends up getting charged with the Espionage Act now, right? So, which is essentially, uh, the Espionage Act is a, was a World War One law, um, and originally it was written as a law to prevent U.S. citizens from selling U.S. secrets to rival countries. Um, what the Espionage, Espionage Act has turned into is a person can get charged um, not, not just for, uh, for selling the secrets to rival countries now, they can get charged for giving the material to a, a space where it becomes published and becomes public knowledge, right? And you cannot make an argument when you're charged with the Espionage Act over whether the public good was uh, was helped, whether or not the information um, that was leaked demonstrated activities of the United States government or uh, institutions that uh, function uh, as, as parts of the power structure adjacent to the United States government um, that you can't use as an argument to protect yourself that those acts were criminal, that there's something that was inappropriate about what they're doing. You're not literally allowed to make any argument if you're charged with it. Uh, there is no legal defense that you can make. And right. you just treason. you just go yeah. to fucking, yeah, you just go to fucking jail. Um, there's a ton of other caveats about the, the problem with the way that the Espionage Act stuff plays out. Uh, one of them primarily is, is that uh, you're charging a person with the Espionage Act in Assange. I guess it's not treason since he didn't he's live here. He, and he's not a U.S. citizen. He's never been a fucking U.S. citizen. Right. How can you be treasonous? But, I mean, that demonstrates some really important things that, for whatever reason, we're not socially capable of dealing with yet in understanding that the U.S. state is no longer the state for the U.S. The U.S. state is the state that functions on behalf of the whole existing power structure uh, out and throughout the world. We've been the world police I, for a long time. I understand, but we never had something where we actually charged somebody in this way that, that exposed the contradiction that this is not a nation-state thing anymore. This is something that's way, way fucking bigger than that. So, But um, I, I, I digress. So, like, the Espionage Act stuff uh, is important, but... What was important in the context of what I was uh, positing with regards to the Assange stuff is the idea that he created the space where people could function anonymously, right? So the next space that is very interesting and important to understand about this, um, as you continue to see uh, the uh, the expression of state power um, continue to reach reach out and become more pronounced and more and this was happening at the same time that the Assange stuff so when Snowden comes out um, he's 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 a tech wizard uh, he understands a ton about the way that these uh, databases are constructed about how they uh, collect their data which is really 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 important um, he facilitated a position to where he reached out to somebody he asked them to reach out to Glenn Greenwald Glenn Greenwald is probably in my estimation uh, one of the most honest uh, commentators, uh, uh, journalists on the planet that has a very obsessive, um, romantic disposition towards civil liberties. Like he never identifies himself as a, as a Democrat or Republican. The only thing he ever identifies himself as a civil libertarian. Um, I hear a lot of people say that, but I think that Glenn Greenwald is probably he, he literally, he uses YouTube sometime, but he took his primary platform off platform off of YouTube and did it on Rumble because of the way that the algorithms are bullshit on YouTube uh, and the ways in which YouTube um, functions 
Just in relation to these intel, yeah, well, and, and also um, uh, shares information with with intelligence communities, you know, uh, private, public, quasi, which is something that came out in the Twitter files a ton, right? So, the the first thing, anonym, anonymity with with Assange. The second thing, uh, 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 Snowden facilitates a space where he he gives these leaks. Um, doesn't give them to the public like Assange did, where he just put it on the platform and let everybody else decide. Uh, where, of course, there was all the critique about um, assets and uh, systems being threatened, you know, which is a real critique. But let's be clear, you know, we got way more blood on our hands from who it is that we've killed through our uh, military actions, through our quasi-military actions, through our uh, what we're doing in uh, Ukraine right now in Russia, whatever. Um, whether whether or not that makes what Assange did right or not. Um, Again, something we could talk about for another day, but we go from Assange to Snowden where he keeps himself in the background. This is the anonymity thing, right? And he keeps himself there anonymous enough to where when he's in Hong Kong, he gets out, he gets to Russia, he's in that, you know, uh, gray legal space where he doesn't go into Russia, but they end up granting him asylum and now he's a Russian citizen, right? So the expansion of state power and state access to private information with regards to individuals continues to encroach on everything. One point that they made in uh, Citizen 4 I thought was very interesting. Um, there's this guy, he says, he says, when we quit talking about civil liberties, about freedom, and we started to talk about privacy, while that might be an important thought to consider, it's important for us to understand that we aren't talking about freedom anymore. We're talking about state encroachment, right? So like it's become so proactive that we don't even use terms like liberty anymore. We talk about privacy primarily. Yeah. And then we graduate to the point where um, the last the last phase of its functioning, right? And, and, and this is the Twitter file stuff. And the important thing about this third phase is, uh, this is a book that uh, I, I, I loved a ton when I was an undergraduate. It's called Promoting Polyarchy by uh, William Robinson. Uh, William Robinson talked a ton about uh, a plethora of quasi-political um, institutions that uh, they started to do the things that the CIA and other international, like the ONI, uh, you know, all of these other international uh, intelligence organizations did after the church committees in the 1970s. Uh, they got smeared and uh, the intelligence communities learned a really important trick. Um, you are not subject to government oversight if you if use government, government funds to go to a quasi-private position and then they have that space because they're not a public entity, right? So USAID, um, uh, New Endowment for Democracy, all these various different institutions started to do these things that intelligence agencies used to do, right? Uh, what they figured out through the Twitter files was something that William Robinson understood very clearly in 96 when he wrote the fucking book. And that is that you have these uh, spaces in platforms through Facebook, through Twitter, through Instagram, through uh, WhatsApp, through all of these different institutions that are um, held by U.S., uh, pr primarily U.S. corporations, um, and uh, political power institutions would make requests and also these quasi-private institutions that are funded by, in, in, in the form of USAID, New, Endow New Endowment for Democracy and whatever, they would make requests to these uh, 
apps to, to Twitter, right, and say, um, we, we would like you, yeah, we would like, we, yeah, and, and, and we would like you to uh, start not allowing them to continue to post along these lines, you know, I mean, all this stuff. So, and, and this was in the context of Russiagate, in the context of uh, COVID, in the context of the, the Hunter Biden laptop stuff, despite the fact that when we, you know, we learn about the Steele dossier, it was all bullshit, you know, it, 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 like there was nothing credible in those spaces at all. And in, 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 in all, you know, the, now the, the lab leak stuff, I mean, now we like, it is just almost physically impossible for this to have gone from a bat to a fucking human. It, it had to have come through a space where it was being conducted through research inside of that, that Wuhan position. So, um, of course, like the, in a definitive way, well, you, of course you can never make that argument, but I used to play poker for a living, right? When you play poker, you make intelligent mathematical decisions and through those mathematical decisions, they inform how you act in the future. And when you look at the way that it played out with Wuhan, when you look at what happened in 2014, Sierra Leone, and uh, with the, uh, not Ecole, what's the other one? Uh, the one that eats you up from the Ebola. inside. Ebola. Yeah, Ebola. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you look at what was going on with those, um, you know, it's not a smoking gun, but there's enough circumstantial evidence and enough mathematical uh, growth in those spaces to demonstrate that. Uh, things like gain-of-function research are probably things that we should stop fucking around with. Or if you're going to fuck around with it, you have to do it in a very specific way where you're isolating everything. And only the people who are doing the research can, you know, can deal with the... I mean, you think it was an accident? Uh, that's that's something that, I mean, again, like the smoking gun, no, I, 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 I don't I understand know. there's no yeah. smoking gun, but... Okay, so... <laughs> You you said a lot, and I don't really finish, know where to finish, start. Let me just finish one thing, okay. though, okay? So before we get into the specifics of those inst instances, it was clear that the Department of Homeland Security, the FBI, the CIA, and these other ancillary institutions were making these requests through these platforms to to curb free, free discussion on specific uh, ideas. Um, so you have this... Again, like, if these are the platforms where people are discussing things, right? I mean, this is the final conclusion, and this is the whole point why I bring up the Oscar Wilde thing. We are the Soviet Union now. There is no, there is no free space anymore. There is no anonymity anymore. Uh, well, there's definitely no anonymity. So, so there, you know, there is no giving a man a mask anymore. The, the, the only way that we can function now is for people to just be out in the middle of the open and speaking truth, you know, to power very directly. Like maybe having a podcast and talking about why it is that these institutions that are curbing civil liberties in such a pronounced and direct way need to be, we need to continue to develop a better understanding of how it's happening so that we can uh, not be playing in fantasy land with regards to Roald Dahl and, uh, critical race theory okay so we were talking about well history as a barometer to where we are today you know and where we might be going um fucking a the institution for lack of a better word regardless of whether that was the British monarchy or the Romans or 
the fucking Spaniards or whoever, you know, the, the people in power. But they've always controlled the narrative and they've always put certain things out there that, well, one, they thought that, you know, the, the voters or the plebs or the commoners or whatever you want to call them would be the satisfied with, right, to where <laughs> they're not going to try to fucking overthrow the government. Yeah. So back... Gr- Gramsci in Machiavelli 101, yes. Yeah, back mm-hmm. when, you know, Caesar had the juice, well, depending on which Caesar, but, I mean, they had these... So they had... It wasn't called the news... Well, it was the news, but basically... Acta Diurna, which is the daily act. And so every day they had these fucking tablets that they would put up. And then, really, I had to double check to make sure that the show Rome was accurate because they always showed that guy, like, out in the square fucking yelling about whatever. So those those were real guys, and they were called... And my Latin sucks. I mean, the only thing I know how to say is I am a farmer. Um, but how do you I think say? I mean, show off, you know. Ego agricola. <laughs> All we are is <laughs> dust sorry, in the wind, dude. Ego sum agricola. Mm, I'm sure you conjugated incorrectly. Okay. Yes. Um, okay, so it's. I think it's presones, but it might be price. I don't know. Whatever. It's fucking Latin. But these were the guys that stood in the fucking square and yelled about shit. And they didn't just yell news. They yelled about auctions and about people who died and whatever. Hey, bada, 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 so wing, bada. My point is, is that they never said, you know, plebs are douchebags. You guys need to get the fuck out of Rome. They said, the Senate is doing whatever we can to help you. We promise farmland in some other fucking continent or whatever. And that's kind of the same thing that they're doing now. You know, you and I... Really? Well, the difference is, is that the media is at a greater rate than that. So just multiply it by... Not just the media. Well, but the government... So the Senate was the guy that put the Senate. I understand the conceptual comparison, but the insidious ability ability to encroach on space is functioning on a qualitatively different level right now than it ever has historically. Well, there are differences, but that's because, I mean, they didn't even have fucking electricity in Rome. But that's fine. Yes, you're right. There, There is a huge difference between Rome and now. Um, <laughs> but my point was we don't have orgies either. That we all, isn't that what you said? Rome got rid of the orgies yeah. earlier. Okay. Well, when because it it rolls in cycles. I mean, you know, you try to control one thing and then you try to control another. And we got rid of them when Larry Flint got shot, and he became a Christian. Well, we didn't get rid of them. We mm-hmm. just didn't advertise them. I just thought it, you know, because they had orgies and. Right. I've not had any orgies in my life, so. I've never had one. <laughs> um, That's not necessarily a solicitation, but it's not, not a solicitation either. So, 
It's not not a <laughs> So it, it it is definitely different, but I mean Hearst had a bunch of papers and he steered things his way. George Randolph. Yeah, I know who you're talking okay. about. I like Citizen Kane. It's one of my favorite movies. Okay. Sorry. Um but again, there's there's in the function, the way in which I mean, the the one thing that you pointed out at the at the beginning is the technological space is so much different. This it is, is where, incredibly different, but and that's why I think that now we have these two things. Like we have the left doing one thing on some platform, and we have the right doing something on another platform. Or sometimes they may be using the same platform, but to lesser effect. Then, and that's because within our government right now, we're so split, splintered, however you want to describe it, that they can't make up their mind. I mean, it used to be where even if you were a Democrat, a Republican it was okay for a Republican to reach across the aisle and shake your fucking hand without their entire fucking base going, oh my God, he shook a fucking Democrat's hand. Fuck you. And then they burn him at the stake and shit. We're out of control. And believe me, I'm saying this with the knowledge that I have said the word Demopublican, Demopublican multiple For years. times. Yeah. Uh-huh. Over and over again. Mm-hmm. I do still think that they're the same party. I think that it's us that are fractured. And that fracturing of the globe, because it's, it's fucking far right and far left and France, Germany, yeah, there's Norway, when, Chile. Yeah, when all that stuff happened after, after at the same time that Trump got elected and Orban and all these, yeah, uh, what, who, the Bolsonaro. Well, it started uh, happening in, in Europe after fucking everybody in Afghanistan started bolting and they were like, fuck you, you we're tired of you aliens. Get the fuck that, out yeah, of here. their 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 I mean, reaction their reaction to uh, and it wasn't just uh, Afghanistan. I mean, it was it was Syria. Syria yeah. was a huge a huge facilitator of that space. Like Greece was keeping all those uh, refugees on that island, and then and and Turkey had them for a minute, but well, then they kind of started Hungary pushing them out, closing their fucking. That's Orban is Hungary. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you have like you said, you have all these reactionary spaces in these different areas. Uh, uh, not Merkel. Who's the uh, who's the president in? Uh, uh, France, um, but the, the the lady uh, Le Pen is 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 it, she so really like Le Pen was one of the first because she's the the far right uh, explication of I mean she's very similar to Bolsonaro all those like it's it's interesting like how but I mean so you said there's a fracturing right in in us socially right um, but that's because there's a there's a fracturing in consciousness in the way that the system is reproducing itself. Like when I bring up the fact that they, we've been holding, because ostensibly it's us that's holding Assange in the UK, right? I mean, we keep trying to create the legal space to work. And that, that prison's a fucking bad, 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 bad place. And the way that he's been treated there has been, like the... 
he's never going to be okay. His mind's never going to be okay. Uh, he, he's had a bunch of little mini strokes and shit like that. I mean, the dude is just fucking fucked up after all the things that have happened. Um, after, you know, being in Ecuador for seven years, and now he's been in, that, in, in the UK for almost four. But the fact that, I mean, this is, this is something that, like, I just don't understand why people don't like to analyze things. But, I mean, this is where, like, I agree with Dave Chappelle. Like, he likes to do it through humor, and I like to do it by looking at the way people things have looked at things in the past, look at the way that they've looked at things in the past and how it, it doesn't make sense, and try to see where the, the gaps are in those spaces, see what it is that's actually happening right now, and see how it is that you could create, again, a paradigm to understand how it is that you could be an effective actor today, right? Assange is being charged with espionage as an Australian, Australian citizen who had been living in Sweden and now is being held in the UK. I mean, most people, because they're not obsessive like we are about these things, don't know how to become effective actors in these moments. I don't know that you and I are effective actors. We're, I mean, we're trying. That, that's my, that, so that's, the process is the key. Talking right? to fucking three people or whatever the fuck are not six. I, I, think, I, that's the, that's, I think that's the wrong way to... To think, because you, 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 like, this is not the only thing that you and I do, right? I mean, I work at the post office and I conversate with the people at the post. I don't fucking care. Okay. I, this is who I am. No, dude. no, I meant conversate, not that you worked at the post office. I can, I can use whatever fucking fake words that I fucking want to work. I converse with people on the window at the Shit, post office. Bro, that's all you had to say. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Fashizzle. Fashizzle. Of my nizzle. Fire me. Go ahead. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but ultimately, um, the way that the process begins is that you start, you try to think about what's happening. You're, you're, you're existing, you're living from day to day and you interact with other people over the process. You know, I mean, that's I where it, it starts. I, and I, I think uh -huh. just having a conversation, mm -hmm. even if it's just with your neighbor is an important thing to do, mm -hmm. but what they're all trying to do mm -hmm. is not have a conversation, but they're trying to convert them into whatever it is they're believing. So if fat is not a word, you can't use that word anymore. Don't use it. Don't use the word retard. And that's not, that's not a conversation. So all you've done is probably made that person never want to talk to you. Again. But fucko, this is the problem with the argument that you're making, right? You're reaching into this space in the abstract about certain tendencies that exist inside of these polarized disposition that irritate you, right? No, I was just using it as an example. That's wh exactly what I just said, you stupid fuck, right? <laughs> it's an example, right? But I don't give a fuck about those examples. What I give a fuck about is the, the, the way that I get to sit there and have conversations with people on the daily where I get to figure out where their fucking head's at. And sometimes they're dipshits and I just fucking tell them to get the fuck out of my... Fu I made a girl fucking cry the other day right, like crazy. But I wasn't talking about you. But, I, but no, no, but you, you are talking about me because you and I have a specific intention. Those fucking people don't have a real intention. They don't understand how history moves. Like you said, they're trying to convert a person into their, you know, and they don't even understand that they're not even like like in a real concrete position in terms of dialectical opposites in the way that the system is reproducing itself, they're not even on the fucking playing field. That's the reason why when I originally like, 
I like we, we it was hard for me to come to terms with trying to figure out how to even discuss this because at first I was so irritated about what they were doing with Dahl that I was becoming a victim of my uh, uh, of the position that everybody else is a victim of and I'm not going to fucking do that. I need to understand the way. I need to understand how the system's functioning. I need to understand what it's doing. I'm still going to read Danny the Champion of the World. It's still one of my fucking favorite books. I'm still going to be uh, explosively fucking in a person's face to say, I really don't care what Ian Fleming is fucking saying. And I think that you need to hang on to it the way that it was structured because that gives us a, a clear picture of what was being written in 1958. You know, how we understand British intelligence and sexism and whatever, all the various different things in those spaces. But I have to get to the point where I understand that everything that I'm doing is being observed from here until the end of time, until the system changes the whole way that it's functioning. No, that, that's fine. And I don't want to get into this weird, weird fucking argument. All I'm saying is that I know that there are certain people where I can sit there and say, yes, I agree with you. And then she runs away and goes, we never agree on anything. <laughs> and it's because I didn't say, oh, no, no, I understand, you know, that you're a feminist. But that's, or, or that's the little argument that I don't want to get involved in. It doesn't I, do me any fucking good. No, it doesn't do anyone any that's good. My, that's my point. That's, that's why, my point. That's why I focus on these other things that you just skirted off me, motherfucker, and said, I don't want to talk about these other things. We have to talk about those other things because that's the way the system reproduces itself. These dumb motherfuckers down on the bottom, well, they do something and they maintain a, a, a space that allows the system to reproduce itself because they neutralize themselves by the interactions they have with one another when they bitch about whether or not a person's using the right word or not or I'm going to take those fucking books out of school and my daughter's not going to read about those. That, dude, there was this fucking, there was this hilarious um, uh interview that this lady like down in the south she said there was a book that had anal sex in it i don't want to read about anal sex i don't want my kid to read about anal sex i don't want anal sex i don't want my kid to have anal sex i don't want anybody around me to have anal sex and i just want to be like bitch i think that you really probably need some anal sex and i think that the only reason why you're talking about it like this is because you actually want to get a dick stuck in your ass i think she does ass to mouth personally <laughs> a to m so <laughs> so you know what i'm saying though is that they're, they're they're neutralizing like real activity by fighting on this field where there's nothing really happening so i get obsessive about trying to figure out where the real field is happening well the real the real field keeps moving and that's the way that it's always moving but that doesn't mean that you can't figure out certain things about it well i mean we can we can make a lot of guesses and we can make a lot of assumptions about things but i don't know if we're going to be right dude a lot of the things that i just said about the shift from this to that to the point where we are unmasked permanently that stuff's pretty concrete i think I'm I'm not doubting you there. I'm just when I say right, I'm I mean like right in not being correct, but being right in the ability to bring some of these factions back into a fold to where we can be more effective as 
the proles and or the plebs and, and, and or whatever and and again not to be running in circles but you can't do that unless you actually understand what's happening so you can say that the target's moving but you have to have some understanding of how the target functions where the far, where the target's at otherwise you're never going to be functioning as a unit as proles or plebs or whatever the fuck <laughs> you're not getting any disagreement from me no. except i really wish you wouldn't condescend to me well my my you it's brad pitt right why you condescend to me motherfucker let's see you guys want to hit it's a wonderful movie but certainly brad pitt's best role to be sure smoking a fucking honey bear yeah i never smoked out of one of those things when i was a kid i don't think that would be very tasty why kind of send to me, motherfucker? Um, but yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. The only reason that I mentioned all of that other stuff is to illustrate the revolution thing again. Is that everything runs in cycles, and that even though you know, again, the technology is fucking different. But imagine, I mean. To make a really shitty fucking analogy is that if we were in Rome instead of just one guy standing in the fucking square, there were two of them for every one person in Rome, and one was standing at the front door, and the rest of them were in the square. Well, that I mean, so like strategic though, that begs a bunch of questions, right? About like. At the beginning of uh, Fifth Estate, they had this, they ran through this really kind of cool set of imagery from one from one space to the the yeah, other, and the they Egyptian stuff. Yeah, and then they they get they get to the point where like real time, like all things happening in real time. Yeah. So, like the image that you're suggesting, people didn't identify themselves as historical actors back then in 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 a meaningful way now we believe we're historical actors but we really don't know what that means i don't know that anybody like i don't i don't consider myself a historical actor seriously dude and i'm not trying to argue with you yes you are dude no the reason i'm saying it is because i am a lover of history but i'm not an actor just like i don't think i don't think i'm a fucking citizen either I mean, this is where you're getting into technique. Why all of these things that we're doing right now are an explication of you being a historical actor. So you're you're getting into technicalities with regards to the way that you define things. So rather than get into quabbling positions with regards to meaning, like at least try to understand what I'm saying. I do. I do. Then why are you arguing over you being not being a historical actor then? Because I was trying to make an example that if I'm not, then the people that haven't tried to change whatever or didn't write a book or didn't do a podcast or fucking put out a bunch of flyers or do a fucking assembly or any of those things then they are not historical actors and do not think of themselves as such but maybe they do because they're woke. I so, don't know. But that was that was the point that I was trying to make about the difference between this moment and other historical moments. Is that there's this abstract concept of the way that people see themselves in the moment, right? And we like 
one of the things that drives me fucking nuts, the people that I listen to that I like, that really actually get into some good discussions, they still all tend to... Like, like again, I bring up Brianna Joy Gray all the time. She is a fucking lawyer by trade. So she gets into this very teleological, analytical expression of how she perceives time. And if, you know, and, and then, you know, Bernie, and then, you know, elections, and then this person, and then that person, and then change. You know, this is not how change is ever going to fucking happen, right? And I'm not... Of course, like some idiot, and I believe that she might actually be one of those idiots that would come back to me and say, um, now you're saying that you don't believe in voting. I mean, that's just the stupidest fucking thing in the history of the universe. I've always voted. We, we've gone over this ad nauseum, yeah. right? But but the fact of the matter is is that... Another Latin word. And, okay. <laughs> And, and and like this this maybe this is where when I was talking shit about you I should at least acknowledge that there might be something in the point that you're making that uh, I that I actually not only readily acknowledge but I mean I actually believe is that I don't really know how to be a historical actor because being a historical actor is something that we do socially you know like we do it we do it together and if these people don't understand how they exist or how they think about themselves or how they think about themselves existing in these moments then we have some things to do before we're actually going to be really strong historical actors right socially so in in that space if i identified as a social thing like i'm just a little less fucked than than brianna joy gray because i don't assume that democracy is ever going to save us in the function in the way that democracy exists right now because she that's like she believes in that teleology that this is going to create that and that's that's going to that's going to turn into that like the only way that this is going to turn into something else is through this sort of left revolutionary disposition with the way that our consciousness functions in relation to how we exist in time that that actually right right there is the true definition of communism and that'll be something for a, for a different day. But that's the whole that's the whole point of like real communism, not the way that people identify the Soviet Union as communism. It's about a way of thinking about yourself in the context of time where you really are a conscious historical actor, living in a social space where we're all sort of like conscious historical actors, and we know what that means and how to articulate that, or at least we know how what that means and how to articulate that in a real concrete embedded social process that we, we, we have no idea what that looks like or what that means yet. But at least like, I feel like, uh, it's a little bit closer than it was. No, I, I, I sort of get it. I'm not going to try to explain it to you in my words because then I'd love to hear your words. No, that's how you define it. No, that's I don't care if you do it that way. I just care when you turn to me and you say, blah, 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 to the side. I no, just don't like that. I, I Honestly, I don't know if I'm a fucking historical actor or not. I mean, I, I try to be. Or at least I should say I try to be conscientiously active today. And if that, what does that makes mean? me a historical actor tomorrow, then that's good. Well, you said some things earlier about time that sort of presuppose that if you, I mean, it seems like in my head, something that you said about 
knowing where you're at has to have something to do with the understanding of where you've been and that sort of yeah, like I mean, suggests that's that, that's that cliche, right? certain things about where it is that you're going. But I mean, you, you, if you said that earlier, then being a historical actor today is directed. Like it, it has a certain understanding of time. Right, but we, none of us, you, me, the fucking state, nobody knows truly where we're going to be tomorrow. There's hopes and dreams for Netflix. There's hopes for Amazon. <laughs> there's hopes for all of these people. Bastardizing we're all dull. Okay, we want our fucking stock to grow by 10% by year end. We want to lay off no people. We want to do these things because then we look even better in the eyes of the public and our stock will grow even more. So that's from a corporate perspective. But none of us, whether we're a corporate entity or whether we're a fucking politician or whether we're just a citizen, truly know what's going to happen. We tomorrow. are not all equal in in the space of, of historical uh, dis, 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 but you said you said corporate yes. like like they're such fucking good faith honest fucking actors no they're not so like what would make more sense to me is they they say oh you guys just gave us 200 billion dollars for fucking covid so we're gonna put a bunch of money into our fucking stops stocks artily artificially inflate the fucking price bring it up to this peak position and sell off about 40 percent of it fucking and the, and then the stock starts to go down and recorrect itself we still own it but we made fucking an extra 400 billion off of it through the money that we fucking got in the meantime right if you were talking about a corporation more like that or like what happened with that you know silicon valley bank i just i think that when but when you posit it and you say nobody nobody knows what's going to be tomorrow that's not correct those motherfuckers knew what was going to happen tomorrow they constructed a space to where they extracted value out of the rest of our fucking population through what they had today and what they were able to construct over the course of time. You and I, yeah, we don't have that position. I just need to make sure that there's, the, 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 there's a clear space where there's a difference between certain social relations in the way that time is constructed and other social relations in the way that time is constructed. Okay, but no matter how much, I mean, okay, let's say it's not, well, let's say somebody put a fix in. Whatever that fix is. Shortened stock. They bought a bunch of fucking horses that they're going to drug and have them run. Whatever. So they're, the fix is in. And it's a, it's a guaranteed winner tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Horse dies. Stock goes big. So they shorted it and they lost. I mean, there are companies that do lose money trying to short a stock. I'm not saying it's a perfect fucking, but there are some things that have happened very clearly for certain people that exist in a space yes. up here. And, and, and it's you, different from this space down here. If you have a certain amount of money, you can generally construct certain things in certain ways because you've got a lot more well, because I'm woke, I'm going to call it people power. <laughs> You've got a lot more people working for you, on behalf of you, whatever. Um, so you can construct certain things to a nearer certainty than you or I can. But nothing is certain. I mean... There, and that's fine. I, I, I don't. I know. I know you're. There position. are matters. There are matters of. There, it's a. So what I will acknowledge only is that there are matters of degree, and there are positions where it's. So like Silicon Valley Bank goes fucking under two weeks ago, and they still got all that fucking money. 
So it, was that uncertain? I mean, so and, 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 and before that happened, there were multiple actors at the top of that bank that knew where their financial position was. They floated that information to other people that were on the higher position, and they dumped massive amounts of stock. And five hours before the fucking U.S. fucking went in and took control of everything, before the bailouts even fucking happened, they paid out the fucking... Uh, all the bonuses, executive. the executive bonuses to all the people at the fucking top of the con- that's, company. That's kind of a standard thing. But that's my point. If it's a standard thing, then there are things that can be controlled for at the top of the fucking pyramid. That's my point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there. Well, all I'm saying is that there are lots of things that you think could can happen and should happen. Well, I hope so. Boy, I hope you're right at the end of it because at some point in time, we need to be a lot fucking smarter socially at the bottom. Otherwise. Our ability to affect that space is going to continue to dwindle. So that's the only reason that I said what I said is because, you know, I'm like I said, I'll be conscientious about stuff today, hoping to be a historical act- actor tomorrow, whether or not, you know, and, and you and I talked mm-hmm. about the good faith actor thing when you talked about the SEG thing. Um but you know, part of my concern of bringing up those various different things that developed out of the post nine eleven thing was to say that this is absolute historical control now. Well, you've you've really got to go. I mean, dude, the government has been fucking storing our fucking conversations on the phone for a long time, dude. I mean, I would say probably since World War Two is when they jumped into bed storing with the telecom companies. Hold, hold I'm on. going. Go ahead. Yahoo came around right after AOL. Okay. Um, and it's been documented that both of those guys were in bed with the government. Yahoo is now owned by Verizon. And Verizon has been blamed over and over and over again for sending shit to the fucking feds and the NSA and That was part of the whole thing that was coming out at the beginning of the Snowden stuff. Right. So Verizon on Yahoo. I mean, so again, it's just, it's a different way of watching us. And I'm not saying it's a better way or a worse way. It's a lot easier for them to do because I used to. That's our, my only point. Our our friend, who is a graphic designer, used to give me shit all the time. And he'd say, <laughs> "How the fuck can they watch you?" And he knew about computers, dipshit. I know, but I not would, you, dipshit. Him, dipshit. But I would say, you did know you what? hear that, dipshit? Even <laughs> even without the computers and the telephones, I said, really. If they wanted to watch one person or a family or whatever, I said, you take a car and put it at the end of one block, take a car and put it at the end of the other. And if, you know, there's a a east and west as opposed to the north and the south, then put two more cars on that end. You could watch them and follow them with a total of fucking four people, maybe eight, if you put two people in each car. And he never could comprehend that because he didn't want to believe that what you were saying was something that would be done so now they don't even have to fuck around with the cars i mean and that is my point gps built into it 
whether it be your cell phone or the car itself. You start with the metadata. You start with the metadata, and if you need to take it deeper, then you go deeper because it's all there anyway. Well, you do know that metadata is just a tag for you to find something in a database. Yeah, right? uh, yes, but I understand. Yes, but they you're not going to pay any attention to the specifics unless there are certain tendencies that... I, I just wanted to drive make sure the demand. we clarified that for them oh. more than anything because, like, it's like a like a day a time, time who you're talking to. Right for a long things. time, I didn't know what the fuck mm. metadata was. Yeah. I just thought, well, it's a lot of data. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the abstract <laughs> stuff. It's not the actual conversations themselves. It's who you're talking to, how long you're talking to them for. This GPS the, coordinates. Yeah, yeah. Where where yeah. Day night. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so yeah, something you said the other day, and I, I realized it because we, we all said that with regard to arguing about our civil liberties, we are actually creating more of a, a prison for ourselves than we are creating more freedom. And I started watching or re-watching Arrested Development again. And I'm in like season season two, I think. But the sister who's played by Ellen's lesbian wife, Portia Della I, I've never I've never watched I don't know anybody other than Jason Bateman and that and then the, the, the dad, the goofy guy from uh, Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah, he's he's yeah. funny. Um Anyway, she's an activist. She's got activism for everything. She was an activist for people who shouldn't be circumcised. And she was an activist for this and that and this and that. Well, she decided when her hairstylist got uh, sent over to Iraq, she was going to protest the war. So she went out to protest the war and they had to take this bus way out past the base. And this soldier opened the bus door and he's like, okay, get out and go over here to the designated protest zone. And it was a fucking cage about, I don't know, eight feet high. You know, four walls. So like sixteen of them, sixteen of them got into this little cage, and they all had their signs, dude. And it made me laugh, and it made me laugh the first time I saw it. But when you and I were talking about the fucking shackle thing and the protesting and freedom of speech, and he said, "Go to your fucking freedom of speech protest zone." I fucking laughed my ass. That's off. that's a funny bitch slap. I mean, that's that's really couldn't be displayed any more clearly in that moment. Yeah. Well, dude, it happened to you guys when you got gassed at the MLK. Oh, dude, day, I was. Right? It wasn't at MLK. It was at it was at the protesting Iraq before the Iraq War opened. So we went. We were down on Air Academy Boulevard, right? And uh, okay, different we, time we blocked. We blocked we blocked traffic for like six hours. I mean, for a really long time. We were all out there for a minute. But the cops started to talk with the people that were coordinating the event. They moved us off the street. They moved us over into another location. Then they put us right on the uh, 
the edge of the field where our cars were all parked behind and then they fired the gas over our head so we would all run back in that direction and disperse it was it was as clear of a it's the reason why i don't go and protest anymore because i saw the people that were coordinating the protest there were two or three guys that were like fuck you fuck you and they got fucking arrested right and then they talked to the cops the cops were talking to these people you know i'm sitting there like some those guys got to be intel those guys are the, the people that are coordinating those are the cops those are the people that are working with the people that are coordinating who are cops that they don't know that they're fucking cops and then it was over and i was like that is the biggest sham of political activism that i've ever seen in history because like if you're going there because you're going to get fucking arrested because you think that going and killing a bunch of fucking Iraqis saying that it has to do with 9-11 is bullshit. Then you go there and you get arrested. You know, you, you, you commit to the act, you commit to the consequences of the act. I mean, that's the concept of a political act in the first place, you know. You don't go and go through the ritual and then not have any consequences at all and have the, the facilitated image of the fucking consequences where they literally did shoot the fucking tear gas over our hood head and nobody got fucking gassed at all i mean it was the most obnoxious bunch of bullshit that i've ever seen in my life that's a non-lethal weapon if i've ever heard one dude <laughs> that's like a fireworks show no it was <laughs> we were there for a long time and we totally fucking stopped traffic forever dude just look at this um okay so Here's, I, I want to circle back to kind of everything we talked about in the two parts. And some of the stuff we talked about off air. So if we have no freedom of speech, which personally, I'm not going to say we have no freedom of speech. I'm going to say we have less freedom of speech than we did 25 years ago but because of where we live they can't really completely put a nail in it but anyway so less some none I don't know if we have no freedom of speech then do we continue to speak out about our disagreements, our lack of fucking support for the ones in charge, or do we just shut up like so many did in China and Soviet Russia and Germany and wherever? Well, I mean, I was kind of trying to make a more subtle point about what I'm my sorry. position is with regards to that. I'm not subtlety. Yeah, I know. You you you're not very <laughs> But I mean, so if 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 Oscar Wilde's comment first first there's a problem with that comment in the first place, right? Give a man a mask. Yeah, yeah and, and, and he'll tell you the truth, right? I mean, what kind of a world do we live in where we have to hide to talk about the truth in the first place, right? So on some level the act of what it is that the u.s government has done by putting to bed the bullshit about the way that we assumed we had freedoms before has been put in our face and made so clear 
that these freedoms don't exist in any concrete or real sense, except for in cathartic ways. Like we can talk about them. Uh, there's one. There's one point that uh, Marcuse makes in that uh, the tolerance paper where he says, he says, you can talk about these things so long as that the 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 conversation never uh, becomes an act, right? So you're not actually trying to change the system itself, right? So like that puts that question in our face very clearly, like. Are you just doing this? Two two points to be made. Are you doing this because you're going to hide it, you know, and you don't want to deal with the consequences in the corner, right? Is that is that so? Are you going to have the mask on, right? In a world where there's no more possibility of having a mask because you have all these institutions that are observing everything that we're doing. It's all right there, right in your fucking face. So that that's the first question. The second question, second question is: Are you doing this for the sake of? Uh, like if I can tell the truth and I can be honest about these things, then I'm really fighting it and I feel good about myself. But if the, if the, if the comment Marcuse is making is true as well, then you're as bad as the person that's hiding behind the mask, right? The act has to, the, 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 the comment has to turn, the idea, the analysis has to turn into an act at some point in time. Well, so then based on that, we're not historical actors. Well, that's, I think that that kind of remains to be seen. We'll keep, we'll keep arguing and we'll see how that shakes out. So, no, I, <laughs> but I mean, you, you do understand what I'm saying. It could right? go either way right now. That's, that's, that's a fact. Yes. Um, Okay. Uh, yeah, well, I un I understand perfectly well the question you're ask asking, and I, f I ask myself that question every day. I want to be an, a historical actor, but it's a scary fucking thing, brother. Well, like I, I've said on multiple episodes, I'm fucking too old anymore. I mean, I'm not afraid to die, but I can't fucking fight. You know, they say if you're going to fight, you have to... <laughs> For every mile you can jog, you can fight a minute. Yeah, we were talking about yeah. that the other day. Yeah, ten seconds. <laughs> I'm guessing. If that, You're, it might he, be like three. My name is Brian, and I'm a ten-second brother. <laughs> For shizzle. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not that I'm afraid to fight. It's not that I'm afraid to protest. It's that I don't. I don't know, dude. Like, I fucking write letters. And and those don't do any good either. But, I mean... Marcuse talk, talked all kinds of shit about the letter writers in that. I should make you read that article. Dude, I just... And I understand it, it isn't effective. I mean, all you end up getting is a fucking cover letter from some fucking asshole who signed it and from, from bernie for that sake was probably the the fucking i don't know politician's second cousin or some shit that signed it um i don't know i i still think that if we did anything in any number that it would do something and i'm not talking about any number with a gun. I'm talking about any number yeah. with a pen. No matter what, it's it's any it's an act. With a fucking ballot. An act that amounts to something. I yeah. mean, that's what we're we're not trying to define it. We're not trying to concretely express what it is that it amounts to. And the fact of the matter is, in my estimation, it's a lot. Zizek, he's he was he was on Bree's show. Uh, it was December of 21, and she, because she gets in that teleological, you know, she wants the prescription, right? And he says, you have to do all things, you know, and, and at some point in time, 
if you're if you're an honest actor about it, something will culminate in, in something else, you know. But you can't you can't be hyper prescriptive about it. But he was making fun of the fucking progressives in the United States, and this is exactly why he was making fun of the progressives in the United States. This is a quote from Marcuse, but it's definitely something that Zizek was trying to be very clear about. The way that progressives think about the possibility of change and about how it's a total fallacy and it's fucking ridiculous. He says, in a regressive society, even progressive movements threaten to turn into their opposites to the to the point which uh, they accept the rules of, of the game, right? So, like, what did Bernie do the second that uh, COVID started to happen and uh, uh, Biden won South Carolina and he lost some of his footing? He fucking backed out of the fucking race <laughs> and he endorsed fucking Biden. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, and, and, and having said that, there are some things that as he, he's filled the role in Biden's administration that have helped a little bit, but it's all regressive backdoor reactionary bullshit as far as I'm concerned. Uh, no, I, I'm just, I'm still trying to fucking, and I know I'm a fucking narcissist, but I just am sitting here trying to think of myself in any fucking area, you know? I mean, I told... I told someone a while ago. We're getting a lot better about that. That there is no fucking way I could ever move to Libya. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Because I'm too outspoken. And I would end up getting hanged or fucking beaten or thrown in jail or maybe... The first two and then the last one or first one. Maybe they just stone your ass, dude. But it does. I mean, even if it wasn't against Muslims, they, they've got a huge fucking Orthodox Christian community. Yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, so you can't talk shit about God, period. That's not the right place for me. So it, it doesn't matter where I go. I don't know where I can I be a fucking historical actor in Canada? Peru? I mean, I think I am like the wrong guy for the wrong time. Like, I needed to be back where Billy the Kid was. Because then if somebody fucked with me, I'd just shoot him. Have a shot. And that makes and you a historical happy. actor? No, but it would make me a lot happier. Okay, so that that's exactly the same thing as like figuring out where your space is to be in a ho- historical actor. Maybe it's like uh, it's like uh, uh, what's the Keanu Reeves and uh, that guy from uh, the dude? You know, you you're like you know Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted, yes. You're you're. Hi, I'm I'm Brian the Kid. <laughs> Put your hands together for a friend of mine. I'm gonna go pop a cap in a motherfucker's ass. Um, and that's how I'm going to be a historical actor. Well, maybe maybe Billy the Kid was a historical actor. Though. I'm not saying that. I don't, see, now where you, you no, get... No, no, I know you're yeah. not saying that. But... Because he did stand up against... Yeah, the Lincoln. Yeah, the Lincoln. uh, The whole Lincoln County fucking thing and the president and everybody Mm -hmm. else. Um, I don't know. I, I just... 
I don't know the answer. I, I don't think that, that I, I'm not an answer person. I mean, you do whatever you want to do, but I'm going to keep arguing with you here, motherfucker, until I don't do that with you anymore, and I'm going to keep doing all the other shit that I'm doing. And somebody will eventually probably burn me at the stake for my thoughts. Well, I'm going to keep arguing too, but that's kind of where I'm like sitting here. Like, because for the most part, the majority of the population's argument is fuck it, they can watch me. I don't care. I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah, that shit is so fucking dumb. And I hate that argument. I hate that argument as much as a couple of others. But that's all rooted in that security bullshit, you know. Yeah, or or the fact that they just they truly don't think they're doing anything wrong and I remember a boss of mine. So this is right after 9/11. Like 2 days because the first two days we had closed because everything all fucking of this closed shit was fucking crazy except for Nick's class. Nick's class is never closing for anything. Nick says, "Motherfuckers, I told you this shit was coming." <laughs> so we go we go into work and my boss at the time, he had a beard and a mustache and he's like, you know, fuck those terrorists. You know, they should do this against Muslims and this and I was like dude are, are you fucking serious do you even know where you live like we're in the United States freedom of religion the right to bear arms you know and he's like well no but they're not even from here and I said you don't fucking know that I mean because again I was day two and I said and so what if in order for everyone to be safe they say that little midget fuckers with beard and a mustache are now suspect and they're gonna be stopped because he was a midget motherfucker with a beard and a mustache yeah and he's like well they they would never do that because i'm not doing anything wrong you fucking asshole well dude most muslims aren't doing anything wrong five of them were well, 15, I mean. Well. It was the two days after. Yeah, I get it. Um, and it, it, it just, he still continued to argue. And I don't think I ever won the argument. And I wasn't doing it to win. I was doing it to make him think about what he was saying. Then you, did win, then you did win the argument. Because you were making the argument two days after it happened. That's in that moment. That's all you can do because people's heads were so fucked up immediately afterwards, dude. I mean, they're just so fucking stupid. There was uh, this weird thing that I watched. There's a, like this weird um, piece that came out in the New York Times uh, four or five days ago, and it was uh, kids that signed up for the military and went to Iraq uh, in 2003, 20 years after their deployment talking about their experiences right all fucked up with PTSD and missing limbs and and so like there's this one big old fucking black guy and he's like there's this picture of me where I was in uh, Time Magazine and I had my knee on this Arab guy's chest right turns out he was a uh, a reporter right who got sent to Abu Ghraib and spent like 18 months there he was a reporter, a reporter for the West, you know, and uh, he said I couldn't help but compare in my mind 
the George Floyd situation of that. He said, I didn't have my, I didn't have my knee on his fucking carotid artery. I didn't kill anybody. You know, he said, which is clearly not okay. What's been going on in the U.S. for, for all this time. He said, but having said that, what we did back then was not okay to those people. You know, and all of these fucking kids, like, you know, a couple of them had died. Uh, there were these two brothers that were, uh, um, uh, they were talking about uh, one of them had already been in the military and the other one signed up because his brother was in the military and when if he's going to get deployed. Brothers, you mean siblings. Siblings, literally siblings, yeah. And uh, this one brother got out and the other one had four deployments over the course of 16 years and after the fourth deployment when he came back he killed himself, you know. So to be able to make a decision two days after I mean, I remember like immediately we, we, uh, um, Robert Hazan came to me and he says, we need to put together a panel real quick, you know? So I said, if we're having a panel, I'm putting Nick on the panel, you know? And he's like, okay, you know? So I get Norm Provisor's on there because he was, uh, the constitutional law guy, uh, the, the U.S. domestic politics lady who I just fucking hated. I never took a class with her. She was on, I can't remember what her fucking name was. And, <laughs> Nick was on there, right? And uh, Norm talked about the, this and that, but he's very, he doesn't like to ruffle feathers. The other lady, you know, defend the U.S., you know, and this and that. I mean, she, she literally was not even thinking about anything with regards to civil liberties, whatever needs to happen, and we need to go hunt them down and find these motherfuckers and fucking kill them, you know? And then... Uh, Nick said, uh, you know, and he talked about, so in the immediate aftermath, there was the stuff on Fox News about the uh, information, the uh, message that was sent from Osama bin Laden to um, to Trump on Air Force One, right? Bush. Or Bush, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Six one, half a dozen the other, you know. He sent it to, to Bush on Air Force One. Um, and about how, so he, he, he said, so that was suggested and then it was buried almost immediately. You know, we're not, we're never going to hear anything about that again. And he, he was talking about uh, the other tower that went down. He was talking about the fact that the Department of Homeland Security housed the big office and that, everything. I mean, we're two days out and Nick's talking about all this stuff that came out in the fucking Truth Commission, you know, two years later, right? And uh, this fucking uh, Latino kid fucking gets up and says, and Nick said straight up, he said, he said, there, he said, you're not going to find a fucking... He said, that, that tower went down. He said, the smoking gun was in that, that, that back tower. He said, so you're never going to find the smoking gun with regards to this. He said, you might find some things that are going to offer you circumstantial evidence to suggest the United States, uh, at the very least, had, had knowledge before this went off, right? I mean, two days afterwards, right? And this kid fucking gets up and you're saying that we did this and we did that. He, he, said, he, said, he said, kid, I just said as clear as day. He says, you're not going to find the smoking gun. This is all circumstantial evidence. He said, but over the course of time, the truth's going to come out. And we are what we are. So, I mean, to say that, to do what you did on the second day to your boss, no less. Well, I'm not really intimidated. I, anybody. That's my fucking point, though. My point is, is that when people make the choice to continue to, like, it's going to take a long time for people to unpack the Twitter file stuff. It's going to take people a long time to continue to un unpack the various ways in which 
we are not functioning as a democracy in any really thoughtful way anymore. No, dude. And, you know, I mean, you said the stuff right after 9-11, mm-hmm. but you never said the Patriot Act or the Son of Patriot Act or any of them. And those, What do you mean I didn't say that? You said the Espionage Act, but I don't remember hearing you say Patriot Act. I was, I was at school, dude. No, 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 no. He, I mean, on the episode tonight, you said... After right after nine eleven, all of this stuff happened. Whatever. Um, but the Patriot Act and and all of those things that happened right after nine eleven, which is what you were talking about, have led us to where we are now. I, and I know that that's what you were saying. I was talking. The reason why I did it the way that I did it was because I was trying to demonstrate specific codified intelligence positions that were deflecting our ability to hide our. You know, whistleblowers couldn't couldn't. Nobody can hide in the background anymore. We can only hide in the foreground. There is no more hiding in the background. That's the only reason why I did it that way. Of course, the Patriot, Patriot Act One and Two, and and and, and uh, Homeland Security Act, all these things are very important in relation to that stuff. Well, no, I wasn't questioning your motives. <laughs> I was just saying that that you mentioned nine eleven, and well, I mean, yeah, that's I, when they started fucking yeah. watching us, tracking us, and everything. Else. Bullshit! Like you said, they were watching us and well, tracking us way before that. They just created a, a different form of like hyper aggressive tracking from that point on yeah because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. well and i know we've talked about this on another episode too but mm-hmm. that, you know that boss of rogers after he graduated with the it degree said mm-hmm. after 9-11 our yeah. Let, yeah went through the roof and you you understand i was talking about people that came out to to demonstrate things i mean i was because when i i'm, I'm talking when i talk about assange when i talk about snowden and when i talk about the twitter files i'm talking about people that are trying to illustrate things about the uh the insidious way that these intelligence spaces are functioning like of course like the pay all of these things build on top of one another i just was using those as in, as a way of trying to to demonstrate that at the end of the day we we can't we can't wait to have a mask to to tell the truth anymore we have no choice but to tell the truth from from day one right out you know stand there naked wearing only a cock ring <laughs> is that a fucking what's that movie with pump up the Cruise? pump up the volume oh. dude it's out of pump up the volume I thought it was a fucking... Uh, I'm in each and every one of your heads, standing sky? there, naked, looking back at you, wearing only a cock ring. What, 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 what the a, fuck was the Tom Cruise movie where he and Nicole Kidman were going to orgies and shit? Oh, uh, they, didn't go to, they didn't go to orgies. He went to the, the thing. Oh, okay. Eyes Wide Shut was the name of that movie. That's, that was a fucking movie. weird movie, yeah. Okay. Um, so we're at an hour and 15 minutes. Um... I know we got sidetracked. Like, no, that was a really. I think for, for this is a good comeback. This is a solid one. If we don't have some motherfuckers listen to this, I'll be disappointed, dude. This was a good conversation. Well, I think it was a good conversation, but you and I talk about shit all the time, so. And we sidetrack a lot too, but yeah. we like we we were hyper focused. I mean, I got through everything I really wanted to. I feel really good about it. Yeah. All of your notes, all of your research. Well, we not yet because we still ha- we still have to do the uh, movies. the movies and stuff or whatever. And that's the light one is. 
Yeah. Well, that's the yeah. So that and that's you know, like I said, I'm in each and every one of your heads, staring back at you, standing here naked, wearing only a cock ring. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Dude, I haven't seen that movie probably since 1992. I have the CD downstairs too. Good talk, bitch. Seven two zero three three four roll. Um, fuck. Shortbusterbait uh, club at yahoo.com. I our next two episodes or our next series, whatever you want to call it, will be on this topic: censorship and entertainment. Yeah, movies. Talk about like the post. Talk about like. Uh, Talk about like uh, People versus Larry Flint. Talk about all that good fun stuff, you know. Talk about Citizen Four. Talk about the Fifth Estate. Citizen Kane. No, Citizen Four. Citizen Kane. Oh, we can talk Ford. about too. I thought you said Ford. Sorry. Because you know that was his uh, um, his moniker when he was communicating to the people to meet him up meet up with him in Hong Kong. Who? Snowden. Citizen Four. Right, I'm still on the Ford thing. And then you said Citizen Kane, I thought you said. We can talk about that too. Yeah, because that's uh, when mass media became a thing. And one of the greatest films in the history of uh, this country, as far or the world, as far as I'm concerned. Orson Welles was a fucking weirdo. He's a pretty decent flick. I was pleasantly surprised. We got to talk about some other stuff too. We got to talk about like Ilya Kazan, you know, the shit that happened in the House of Un-America when they were like shutting all that stuff down. When they put uh, Herbert Biberman and all those guys, the the uh, uh, the directors in prison, you know. The blackballing. Yeah, the blackballing thing. <laughs> Still my favorite Seinfeld episode. <laughs> um, you got me blackballed from Hop Sings? That was what it was, Hop Sings, right? <laughs> Blacklisted from Hop Sings? That sounds right, but I don't know, dude. I, like, a lot of my Seinfeld references aren't as sharp as they used to be. That is that is my favorite episode ever, though. I can't go against him, Jerry. He owns the means of production. It's the communist episode, dude. I don't know why it's your favorite. <laughs> you don't have to explain I shit love like it. that to me. I love it. I like muffin tops. <laughs> Kramer fucking propagandizing people. <laughs> You're a fucking commie. <laughs> I also like the fucking uh, when he's like muffin hey, tops. Hey, hey Jerry, can I since you're going down to Florida, can I have you pick up some Cubans for me? And he brings the oh. And the Cubans come to his house. And he's like, hey, we're here for Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> They're real Cubans. That and and uh, George ends up going down and meeting Castro in that episode, right? Isn't that the one where he meets Castro? No. Are you sure? I, I don't. The Yankees send him down to go talk to fucking. I swore the Cuban episode was the one where they sent George down to meet Castro. Well, the Cuban episode is the one where the magic pan. Remember they because they go back to New York. And I thought the El Salvadorans were the ones that were rolling the... Well, they were supposed <laughs> to roll cigars. Yeah. And then he's like, you're not trying to pass off Panamanians as Cubans, are you? And oh, goes, it's all about oh, Panamanians. Okay. <laughs> and then that one dude gets hurt, 
But then, so they end up rolling crepes, but they're rolling them too tight. So another people guy gets get burnt, burned. right? <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, another one though that's just absolutely fucking brilliant. And then I'll shut up after this. Um, are you still uh, master of your domain? That's a fucking great episode, dude. And I think that's in the like maybe third season, if, yeah. if that far into it. Still king of the castle. Yeah. <laughs> still very early. Um, all right. John, John. So we already gave the phone number, the email address, and we'll see you next time. All right. Later.